Well, I'll tell you, I was really I was really encouraged by our conversation last week about grace, just how we ended the night. And so uh, I thought tonight we could share a little bit about uh, how grace has paid the debt. And I was thinking about this word debt recently. And uh, <clears throat> so if you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 4, <clears throat> excuse me, Romans chapter 4. Now, uh, it's funny, in life skills class in our, in our high school, we teach about good debt and bad debt. So what's an example of good debt? Anybody know? House mortgage. Okay, yeah. Anything else? Any other good debt? Car. Okay. Car payment. That's a necessary one, right? <laughs> How about bad debt? Anybody know what bad debt is? Owing your bookie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Owing your bookie. Owing okay. Owing your drug dealer. Not that we have that problem here. But... <laughs> okay. Oh, Moving right, right along. Life. Yeah. Life. Joe. Oh. Okay. Credit bad. card, right? Credit card. <laughs> We're supposed to project the good things. Uh, <laughs> uh, like a credit card, right? That's a, Sometimes that can happen where there's bad debt where we tend to owe more than we spent. But um, anyway, I, I was thinking about how grace pays the ultimate debt. And I think as Christians, we can forget. I know I've been meditating on, on this all week that we can forget how much Jesus paid our debt of sin. And so today we are free. We're free and that we don't have to mo- be motivated by debt. Like, for instance, if I have a debt, I'm, I'm, I go to work. There's a song. Uh, how's it go? I owe, I owe, off to work I go. I owe, I owe. That's Snow White. That's Snow White? Yeah, it is. Oh, man, now you get now you know where I get all my illustrations. <laughs> no. Wait, you have a son. Is he watching Snow White? There it is. <laughs> Honestly, I have watched more of these shows. I never grew up watching that kind of stuff. Like even, I think The Wizard of Oz. I mean, I didn't watch that until I was like 30 or something like that. But anyway. Oh, I wasn't allowed either. I'm deprived. That and what was the other one with the cat? The Checha Cat or whatever that? Cat in the Mouth? Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. My mom said, that's demonic. Yeah. Because there was stuff in it that was really, you know, kind of... I don't know. I didn't watch it, so yeah, I'm with you. All right. So I want us to think about this for a minute. Like grace, when we think about this beautiful word grace, I think of the extravagant goodness of God given to the worst or the undeserving. Think about that. The extravagant goodness of God. Think about that, how God has given you and I grace. There's grace in the just and the unjust, right? It rains on the, on the just and the unjust. There's air for people that deserve it. There is, um, they say that the unbeliever, this is as close to heaven that they'll ever get. Yeah. Uh, and to the believer, this is the closest to hell that we'll ever get, mm. is right here on this earth. Mm. And this is why our mission, wherever we are, is to present the gospel, right? Who Jesus is. I love what one person said, Jesus... Uh, Jesus plus nothing 
equals everything. Isn't that good? And this is our message. Jesus plus nothing, as, as in it's him alone and who he is, it equals everything. But what can happen in our lives is we can be motivated by debt. Like, for instance, it's a term called uh, debt, um, debt motivation, right, or deficit motivation. We are moving because of fear. We're moving because of uh, obligation. We're moving because of guilt. We're moving because of shame. Um, I don't know about you. Have you ever had a relationship in your life where you're trying to please somebody that you can't, you have to walk on eggshells, right? There's like something wrong in the relationship and you're constantly trying to infuse, infuse, infuse in the person. There's no reciprocal. There's no real ministry. It's like a debt. Like it's a a deficit motivation. Nothing, giving out of nothing to minister something, right? And how many of us can get in that situation? Well, here we see an interesting verse how grace changes our motivation. And I, I think this is what really helps us because now we are no longer uh, moved by obligation. We're no, move, we're no longer moved out of guilt or shame. God doesn't deal with us that way. But we're motivated because of love. And this is what grace does. Grace means I'm here tonight, not because I have to be, not because I want to please anybody, but we're here because we love God. We want to uh, celebrate Christ. So, so look at this in Romans chapter five. Four. In this uh, four, chapter five, verse four. <clears throat> so this really changes uh, a lot of how we look at grace, right? What are some definitions we've heard about grace? Unmerited favor, right? We've heard uh, what's another cri- uh, one of the God's acronyms? Riches at yeah. Christ's expense. I love that acronym. God's riches at Christ's expense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as believers, we may drift into this thinking, if I pray more, do more, be more, then somehow God's love, God's ministry will, will be more intense in my life. But actually, you know what grace says? Grace says, I cannot love you any more than I already am. My intensity is 100% regardless of our performance. Mm. But just process that for a minute, right? Some people do to be accepted, right? I'm going to do, do, do. I'm going to be, be, be so I can be accepted or approved. But God says, my grace says, I've accepted you, and therefore we're doing. Therefore we're loving. Therefore we're ministering. So this debt mindset is uh, is more prevalent than I think we realize. I don't know about you. I see it every day. Um, it's like this scarcity mindset where I have a little and I'm holding on to it so I don't lose it. And we know what happens when we hold on to things, right? What happens to it? Lose it anyway. We lose it anyway, right? <laughs> but the generous man, right? Proverbs says never lacks. All right, chapter 5, verse 4. Um, who wants to read that? This is a good verse. Anybody? In perseverance, character, and character hope. Is that the verse I want? You had said four first. Four, I'm sorry. It is. Revel- it's Romans 4. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Rom- uh, Romans chapter 4. Okay. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, 
but as dead. Okay. And there were six? Verse 6? Yep. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Okay. Okay, notice verse... Um, is it 4 that I wanted? 4-4. Four, 4-4. Four. Four, four. Let's read 4-4 four, four as well. Well, that... Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Okay. You want four or five? Yep. But to him who does not work, but believes on him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted <coughs> for righteousness. Okay, there we go. All right. So notice this. So four, four, this is kind of an interesting verse, and then I want to show you something in Romans. Somehow we can get, just because of our production mindset, just because of the way we think, uh, we can think that the harder we work, the more reward that we have. Now, that sounds good in, in, in a Western culture, or in a productive mindset, in a business mindset. But with grace, it's a different paradigm. He says this. He says, if we're working, then it's no longer grace, but it's debt. So what does this mean? Well, he goes on to say this in Romans 11. Let's look at Romans 11. It kind of explains it. So some people think grace is like a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's like leniency. But no, grace is the way God handles us in extravagant goodness. That means even in sin, God forbid, God's method of handling you and I is based in extravagant goodness. Now, are we experiencing extravagant goodness? No, we're not, because we're set where we've lost fellowship with God. But how he handles us is based, based on who he is. So if I try to earn that, then all of a sudden I am like someone uh, that's trying to pay back a debt. I'm constantly trying to earn or I'm tr constantly trying to, uh, to uh, appease God. And God says, you know, my grace is totally paying your debt. So this helps us out a lot. Like, this might be a simple thought tonight, but it's very profound because I cannot do any more than I'm doing for God to be pleased with me or pleased with you. He's already pleased with you, right? Isn't that good? Really? What a way to look. So my motivation today isn't trying to be, um, you know, to be a super Christian, but it's, it's we're sons and daughters simply serving and knowing who he is, and knowing who we are in grace. All right, who wants to read Romans eleven six? <clears throat> and if by grace, then it is no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Mm -hmm. But if it be of works, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Okay, a little bit of a tongue twister there. Okay. So, as believers, we have to change our thinking where we do to be accepted. Because this is how we're brought up. We're brought up, okay, work eight hours, get paid for eight hours. I'm all about work ethic. Amen, absolutely. But God is saying... One plus one does not equal two here. My multiplication of grace is so much greater, which means God is saying, you cannot help me. You cannot do anything to earn me. I've given you everything. 
everything that pertains to life and godliness. So in sin or in, uh, or in failure or in success or in blessing, God is still the same. What's the only thing that changes? We do. We do. We do. And we can shift into this debt mentality where um, we can be like, okay, God, I'm paying back your goodness so that I can get more goodness. And God is like saying, what are you talking about? Like some people might say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Have mercy. I've sinned. Now, repentance is an act of grace, but God's mercy never fails. Do I have to ask for mercy? No. It constantly comes to us. We are never in debt. Do we have to ask God for grace? No, because uh, it's constantly available to us. So this is such a, a releasing thought today. I, I want to show you another interesting verse here. Let's look at Colossians. So God's grace pays our debt in full. Now, if you were to think of First John chapter 4, verse 4, it says that he has paid for the sins of the whole world. Now think about it. Let's just process that for a minute. Okay, my sin, my spouse's sin, my neighbor's sin. How about everyone on the street? How many people on the street? Ten? How about everyone in my neighborhood? How about everyone in my town? How about everyone in my city? How about everyone in this geographical area of Maryland? Like we could keep superimposing. God, God says... I have paid the debt for everyone's sin when I died on the cross. That's shocking. The tragedy is that people won't necessarily accept Christ and receive the benefit of that, right? And that's why people go to a Christless eternity, right? Because they reject the payment that, that Christ has totally paid for us because of our debt, right? But this is our message. Our message isn't don't sin, our message is fall in love with Jesus, celebrate Jesus, walk in the Spirit, and you have no time for sin, right? You have no, you have no appetite for sin, right? All right. Is this making sense? All right, Colossians chapter 2. Let's look at this. Colossians chapter 2, 13. Who wants to read 13 and 14? John, do you mind? Can, yes. I, get, can I get you involved? Yes, but what I'm going to read... <laughs> do you have Colossians? It's going to be a little bit different than what you guys have. What do you have there? For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen my face, seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love. Is that, is that, is that the right thing I'm reading? Uh, Colossians 2.13. That might be 3. Yeah, you're in 3. Colossians 2. two. So two. go back one chapter. Yeah. Look for 2. That's very different than what we're reading. <laughs> but it's a good word, though. Wait, is this supposed to be back to back to this year? No, Colossians chapter 2. So this Colossians chapter 2. Yep, verse 13. All right, 13. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Verse 14. By canceling the record of debt 
that stood against us with its legal demands. Mm -hmm. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Beautiful. And then one more. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Beautiful. All right, good. Great verse here. So think about every one of us had a debt. Christ said, I will be the answer to that debt. And then not only will I be the answer to that debt, I will, I will remove even the trace of anything that would incriminate you and I. It's amazing. I mean, think of these verses here. We were dead in sin. It means we were totally uh, guilty. Okay? In our judicial system, it says that you're innocent before proven guilty. Well, we were all guilty. We were all guilty. We had no good in us. And Jesus said, while you're dead in sin, I will come as the perfect one to not only cancel your debt, but I'll create a relationship with you. Right? Anybody been in court and you're th I was there, I had to do jury duty two weeks ago, and you're there in the courtroom and you, you, you see the, the jury that's going to decide the fate of that person, right, based on evidence. Well, the evidence against us was incriminating, right? The evidence against us says we deserved to be punished. What does grace do? Grace stands up and says, I've paid for sin. Not only have I paid for sin, I am now the answer for eternal life and abundant life. And I love these words. Let's look, let's look at these words together. It says this. It says, he has made us alive together with him. This is what grace does. Grace says, you're not my employee. You're not going to be my slave, but you're going to be my brother. You're going to be my son. You're going to, be, you're going to have a relationship with a holy God. Think about this. Zach, how many times have you sinned in your life? I lost count a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's say Zach <laughs> let's say Zach sinned ten thousand times, right? Or I've I've sinned a hundred thousand times. The relationship of grace doesn't even talk about our sin. Relationship talks about who Jesus is, right? And what is it what he goes on to say, we are made alive in him, and he has Forgiven you of all your wrongs. Isn't that good? If you read the book of Psalm 103, over and over it says your sin has been removed from the east is from the west. You are forgiven. It is gone. And today God does not see your sin because of grace. Now, do we live in the consequence of sin? Sure, we do. Unfortunately, we fail and there's a consequence. But God gives grace for those consequences and teaches us to not sin, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Notice what he says here. He's wiped out the handwriting of requirement. What's the requirement? What's the requirement he's talking about here? A debt. Like a debt. Like you have to... You have, so in, in the Old Testament, when there was a debt and you didn't have the money, guess what they would do? They'd take your kids, right? And they'd throw you in jail and the kids would be slaves to their debtors. I mean, imagine that. That would drive me, I, I couldn't handle that, right? I mean, to owe a debt and not be able to pay for it, uh, you could even lose your life in some cases, right? But Jesus said, you know what? I have stepped in. I have met the debt. I've met the debt for one reason. 
one reason alone, so that I can have a relationship with you, a new, a new relationship with you, a new and living way with you. So today when you and I, as we walk in faith, we're no longer trying to pay a debt. We're not doing things based on duty or obligation, but instead it's based on a relationship. It's like your kids, right? They come to you and they've done something wrong. Or, I mean, are, you, are they no longer going to be your kids because they did something wrong? Let's, let's say they wreck the car. God forbid, let's say they wreck the car, right? Is, is that action going to take away who they are in your family? Right? Yes or no? Oh, okay, the jury's out. Okay, I'm going to talk to Christine. <laughs> Grace, Daniel. Daniel Grace. Still my son. Uh, exactly. So that first re- comes the natural. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting worried there a little bit. Jared's going to be listening to this. So. I know. He's joking, Jared. Okay. Um, but the relationship doesn't change, right? Because the relationship is not based in debt. Based in grace. So because of love, because of grace, we want to honor our Father. We want to honor the Bible. We want to learn Him. And then look look what he goes on to say here. So whatever was against us, God says, I have removed even the trace of sin. Anything that was contrary, I've taken it out of the way. And I've done something even better. I've nailed it to my cross. Okay, remember Jesus on the cross? What were some of the seven things that he said on the cross? Anybody remember? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Okay, that's the greatest one. In my Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Did they really know what they were doing? I mean, in one sense they did, but they had no idea, right? No clue. What was another thing he said on the cross? It's done. It is done. It is finished. So that's a beautiful word, again, to telestai, which means the debt is paid. The debt is paid forever, past, present, and future. Excellent. What else did he say? I thirst. I thirst. Okay. Fulfilling prophecy. I thirst as a human, right? He was given the the hyssop, right? What was another thing he said? Today you'll be with me in heaven. Okay. Excellent, John. I watch movies. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Bible based. Imagine that. There he is. He's between two blasphemers. One recognized that Christ is innocent. The other one is just wagging his tongue, right? And Jesus says, you'll be with me. Father, remember me, right? What's another thing he says? Anybody? Into thy hands I commit my soul. Beautiful. Into my hands I commit my soul. Beautiful. And then, of course, he addresses mom, right? Mm. Mom, hey. Take care of mom, you know, take care of mom. It's a beautiful message. So the debt was paid. So what does this do for us? Well, I want to show you an interesting verse here. Uh, it is in um, 1 Corinthians. Did I write it down? Oh, yes, 1 Corinthians 7.22. So we begin to relate to God differently when we realize that our relationship is based on grace and not debt. Now, let's say you owe somebody $100, right? And you're indebted to them, right? Of course, you're going to try to pay them back, but the relationship is based on what you owe. But in faith, 
we owe God everything, right? That's why we give him out of the goodness, of the cheerfulness of our heart. But God says, I am not looking at the debt anymore because it's totally paid. I'm looking at our relationship. I'm looking at on the work of the cross. All right, 1 Corinthians 7, 22. And this changes. I got to say, grace changes our motivation. Why are we meeting tonight? Because we love God, right? Why, why are we in each other's lives and praying for each other? Because we sense God in each other's lives and we are getting to know God in each other's lives. Why are we in Elkton tonight? Because we're believing in faith that there are many that need to hear this message. What, what's another message? Work hard, right? Do more. Uh, it's all based on you. Y- you at the center, right? Debt, debt, debt. You owe a lot of debt, right? But that's not a message that sets us free. Uh, by the way, it's interesting. Somebody that works for love works a whole lot harder than if than just working out of obligation, right? It's it's true, isn't it? All right, who wants to read First Corinthians seven twenty two? This is an interesting verse. Any takers? For he who was called the Lord while a slave is the Lord's free, free man. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. Okay. Great words there, huh? For he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's free man. What does that mean? It means we were dead in sin. We had nothing to offer God. God rescued you and I. God redeemed you and I. And he said, you were a slave, but now you're my free man. And it goes on to say in verse 19 that you are bought with a price and therefore you're, you're mine. You're my workmanship. So again, this, this idea of debt, it's like it changes why we minister Christ. It's no longer, oh, I've got to do this. And it's you're dragging yourself. But now it's like, hey, I'm going to discover Christ today. I'm going to, I have the privilege of ministering Christ to you. I have, the, I have the privilege to talk to Christ today. Imagine that in prayer. I don't know about you. Sometimes it's hard to pray. So a good practice is just to worship and thank God for who he is. And then we realize, hey, it's not about you and me. It's a, the debt's been paid. So therefore, we're just agreeing with God and giving him the, uh, the glory he deserves. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll just close with this. Uh, we were uh, considering this, um, this illustration recently. A mirror, and I want to turn to James 1. A mirror can tell you what's wrong. You look in the mirror, you see your reflection, correct? Mm-hmm. But can that reflection change anything that, 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 that you see? Mm-hmm. It can't. Let's say you're shaving or you're washing your face. The mirror shows you dirt on your face, right? The mirror cannot address the problem. The law is like that. The law shows you what's wrong, but has no ability to change it. But grace comes in, right, and has the ability to change us from the inside out. So now now it's no longer behavioralisms. Now it's a real relationship. Now sin has been removed, and now we can have a relationship with love, mercy, and truth. So a lot of people know what's wrong. A lot of people know what's wrong with themselves. 
But grace says, you know what? Grace is going to come in like that washcloth, or that grace is going to come in like that fountain, and it can totally renew our mind and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? Let me, let me show you this in James chapter 1. So, I was talking to Joe earlier about guilt, right? Guilt and shame. These are, these are huge words, right? Guilt means I've made a mistake. And shame means I am now taking on the identity of that mistake, right? And what, is, what does Jesus say? Jesus says your past is gone. Your sin is gone. You are brand new today. Right, I think of Isaiah one eighteen. Your sin was as was red or scarlet, crimson, but I have made you white as snow. It's like, wait a minute, I'm guilty. I'm caught in the bad, and God is saying, I'm stepping in. I'm reconstructing this relationship, and it's going to be based on me. To the woman uh, that was caught in adultery, go and sin no more. I do not condemn you. What is that? paying the debt. And now the relationship is grace. And and you, you might think, well, you know, grace may give that person the ability to go back in that sin and sin harder. But actually, no, grace changes the, the heart. And now we don't want to hurt the Father. Now we don't want to hurt uh, the one that we love, right? It's just like those of us that are married. It's the same principle. It's like our marriage can't just be a give and take, right? It can't just be, I'll scratch your back, you'll scratch my back, right? It's not 50-50, right? But now it's a, it's we giving everything and she giving everything. Uh, and that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thought. Okay. All right, one last verse. How you doing out there? You all right? Yeah. All right. Christy, did you read a verse yet? I did not. Can I put you on the spot? <laughs> okay. All right. You could say no. It's okay. It's, you have no debt. Debt motivation. <laughs> Deficit motivation. No. Can you read 122 through 25? And, and just think about this like the mirror. The law in the Bible was our teacher, but it never changed our heart. It was just, it was just to, con- um, to conform us. But grace and truth came through Christ, which transforms us. So today when we look in the mirror, we see more than our reflection. We see what grace says. What does grace says? Grace says I'm a new creature. Grace says I'm a saint. Grace says that I'm, uh, I'm a lively stone. Grace says that we are forgiven and our sin has been forgotten and it's been gone forever, right? This is a new mirror that we have, right? And it gives us the ability to say, thank you, Lord, that you're not a man so that our relationship is based on a natural thing. No, no, it's based on a supernatural um, work of Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you mind just reading this? Oh, no, that's great. One twenty-two through twenty-five. Think, think, just think about these words with you, with me. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving or cheating your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass, a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goes his way, 
and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Beautiful. Amen. Good, isn't it? Yeah. So we call this the mirror of grace, the perfect law of liberty, mm. right? So we just read it where God's freed man. You know, people can be prisoners to sin. People can be prisoners to their past. People can be prisoners to insecurity. But God is saying, there's a mirror that shows you who you really are in the grace of God. And that's the Bible. That's the grace of God. So just to kind of provoke our thoughts today, let's be aware not to live in debt, a debt a deficit motivation. Like I'm trying to earn God's forgiveness. I'm trying to earn God's love. I'm trying to earn God's uh, God's <clears throat> eternal life. But instead, it's it's a gift, right? Now, if I was to give John a hundred bucks tonight, John, what would be John's first question? You know, when do you want it back? Huh? <laughs> when right. do you want it back? Exactly, and rightly so, because we're, <laughs> we're trained like that. But if I was to say, John, you can keep it. It's a gift. Maybe John would be like, oh, that's great. But maybe inside we'd be like, I, owe, is, I still is owe he serious? Yeah, I got to take, I got to kind of bless him. <laughs> you know, we, we get into this mindset like we have to pay back God. So the idea here is we serve him because we love him, not because we owe him because it's all paid. And this makes us God's free man. Isn't that provoking? I got a question. Uh, amen. God's, Go ahead. Amen. 